0: Hello, this is Joshua Bell with the kilt and the cloth. I want to invite you to join me in my new series, How I Came to Understand Worship. What I did is I interviewed church members from the First Christian Church of Perry, and this first interview is with Jim Sim. I hope you enjoy and continue this discussion with me. God bless. Hello, this is Joshua Bell from the Kilt and the Cloth. I'm interviewing uh, one of my members, uh, First Christian Church Perry. His name is Jim Sim, and I just have a lot of questions for him about uh, his his life and how he came to faith and things of that nature. So, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, hi, Jim. How are you doing?
1: Just fine. How are you this morning, Pastor?
0: I am wonderful. So, Jim, uh, as you know, we're we're asking a lot of these questions about like how how did we come to our faith. So I'm just curious, how did you come to your faith?
1: My faith was probably chosen for me by my parents. Uh, I was born in Chicago. I was baptized a Lutheran one month to the date after my birth. My parents chose to send me to a Lutheran grammar school, Mm -hmm. which back in Chicago is from kindergarten to eighth grade. Mm -hmm. And every day at that school, there was a period of religion. We didn't call it Bible study or anything. It was religion. Hmm. Then I went to a Lutheran high school for four years. And every day, our periods at that time were 55 minutes long. That's how long our periods were, except for the fourth and fifth period. They were cut in half because half of it, was your lunch period and then the other half was religion huh and then you the, and uh, so every day we had religion in high school on Wednesdays we had chapel
0: okay so what's
1: the difference
0: between religion and chapel
1: well chapel was a worship period that was a wednesday morning we had a worship service okay all, all the students Attended a worship service in the gymnasium. Religion was just a class I was teaching that they basically taught what the Lutheran religion is and what they believe in and what their doctrine is.
0: Awesome! So, like, that's where you would have learned the creeds and the everything is in this in this one class. Apostle
1: Creed, Nicene Creed, all. all oh wow! Yeah. So you
0: did that all. The, for an hour a day all the way through 8th grade and then 30 minutes in high school.
1: Well, yeah.
0: But I mean it was it was by then it's supposed to be practice. Like it's right. It's just really a reminder and, and then there's stuff well, be, Yeah,
1: because I was confirmed, you know, in 8th grade. Right. And then I was I went from a baptized member of the church to a communicant member of the church.
0: Yeah, could you could you kind of talk a little bit more about that cuz I'm fascinated by how that works.
1: Well, my church, which was St. John's Lutheran Church, was the second largest Lutheran Church in the city of Chicago at the time. So we had a very large congregation. But they were divided into memberships of either you were a baptized member or you were a communicant member. You were a baptized member to you, you were confirmed, and then you moved from the baptized role to the communicant role. Did. Did something
0: change? Like, did you have more leadership? No, roles? I think
1: it was just a bookkeeping thing. I really do. So, I think it was just a bookkeeping thing.
0: So, like when you had confirmation, there, it you didn't feel anything different.
1: Oh, communication! I mean, our, our confirmation was a big deal. I mean, we wore robes, just like you were graduating from something. That's awesome. And and basically, what it was, I think, to. Our Sunday school classes that we have now, it's kind of. It's kind of like the Christian bar mitzvah.
0: Yeah, no, that's. I mean, that's what I've always referred to it as. It's yeah. a. It's a rite of passage.
1: Right. That's exactly what it was. Yeah.
0: yeah. And. Um, and so it
1: meant a lot. To you. And I'm. And. And I'm not sure if that. Was a time that my godparents were relieved of their responsibilities because it was up to me now because right. I've been trained long enough that I should know. Yeah. But my godparents never let me go, so they, they always treated me very well.
0: That's super awesome. Yeah. So, like, uh, if if we ever put this out online, you know, one of the, a lot of the folks that would be listening to this would be Christian church members, and so the idea of godparents to them is, is kind of a foreign concept. So mm-hmm. when you were growing up, what, what did it mean for you to have godparents?
1: When I was baptized... Your godparents that are chosen by your parents. Okay. In this case, it was uh, my mother's nephew and niece, her sister's son and daughter. And they stand up for you. And when the pastor asks the questions about they answer for you because, naturally, you're an infant. And all I could do was w- wail. Right, right, know, right, and, right. You know. so, so they answer for you and and after this, they promised that if anything happens to your parents that they will take care of you and make sure you stay in the Chris, christian faith and through the church
0: so for them it's it's a it's a really big honor
1: yes it is yeah. and for me it's two more people to get gifts from <laughs> <laughs> i forget from a lot of my friends
0: too that, yeah. that are catholic or lutheran yeah yeah that's that's awesome. Um, so, confirmation was this big deal; it, it really meant a lot to you. Um, uh, before we get to the why did you come to First Christian Church, I'm I'm curious because you and I've had this conversation uh, several times. Like, so going from that to what we're in now, uh, it's it's a little bit different, but not a whole lot. I mean, there's there's some similarities, but there's some big theological differences, like baptism. So, uh, you and I have talked about baptism off and on, but, so what, is, what does baptism mean to you today?
1: Well, I still believe it was the reason that I was baptized in an infant was to rid me of my inherited sin. I, yeah, yeah. You know, and, uh, and that's what it is basically is, it's given that infant... Or child, whoever, or adult, when they're first a clean slate, and and from then on, with your free will that God has given you, you have the you have the choices to make through the rest of your life.
0: Nice, and so um, so the idea of being immersed um, is kind of a new concept that we've been talking about is so for us uh confirmation and, and we don't do a good job of this jim I, I i gotta be honest with you i i think rites of passage are something the christian church kind of struggles with a little um it used to be that baptism was that rite of pap, uh, passage like uh, that they we would fully immerse them but again baptism for us isn't something like you have to be fully immersed because we acknowledge. Your baptism as an infant—it's not—it doesn't make it less than for us. For some other traditions, probably it it makes it less than. But uh, does this? I'm to me. To me,
1: baptism, whether you sprinkle, dip, Mm -hmm. immerse, whatever, as long as it's the water and the word, it's valid.
0: Nice. That's what I was wanting to hear. Yeah, that's um uh, so that's what baptism means and so with that going into that idea uh eucharist has a different meaning for us than communion does so kind of this is going to sound weird because you've you've got kind of two two lives here in some sense so when you had your very more first com- yeah more than <laughs> two but uh your very first communion tell, tell me a little bit about that
1: well, it was what we call Confirmation Sunday, okay. which, which is a deal in the church and all the people who have who have uh, completed their confirmation process. And that doesn't mean everybody who w- went to our school. If you were a non-member of our school, you went to a public school, but you were still a Lutheran, but you had to take training before you could be confirmed automatically in the eighth grade. And you couldn't have communion they, without being confirmed. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And and I could and I can vaguely remember my first communion. I have some pictures of the celebration afterwards or mm-hmm. the afterwards and yeah, it was a big deal to me to take communion the first time. I I thought, you know, hey I made it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so there's I'm a, an adult now. Nice. That was that was, that's exactly what I'm curious about. So, like, but
1: I was, and I was only in eighth grade.
0: <laughs> but now, now in, in the church's eyes, at that time, you you had the ability to be a full fledged member. You made that choice on your own. Right now, yeah, that's right. the biggest thing I think people yeah. get under misunderstood is, is that when when you all go through confirmation, when you when you graduate from that. You made that choice. No one forced you to do that. Well,
1: yeah. I was a baptized member because that was someone else's choice. That's right. And I, and now, being as I'm confirmed, basically that means I confirm my faith and I agree with my baptism mm-hmm. vows and all that, mm-hmm. along with being able to take Holy Communion.
0: So when you take Holy Communion, there's a lot of conversation about what takes place at the table. When you were a kid... What did you think took place at the table?
1: the The Lord's Supper, you mean? Yeah, yeah, the Lord's Supper. I think the the first one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. The First, yeah. I think Jesus had His disciples there, and it and He said exactly what you tell us. He said every Sunday, mm-hmm. took that loaf of bread and said, "This is My body, which is given for you." Mm-hmm. Took the cup, "This is My blood, which has been shed for you." Every time you. Pers- Take this, do this in remembrance of me, and that's that's just pretty sacred to me.
0: I love that. I, I love how that's sacred. Does uh, I have to ask the question because again, like I'm doing research for my dissertation? Sure. Um, Eucharist has this idea of something. Um, for Lutherans, they don't use um, they want to use a different language for it, but like it's it's not transubstantiation. It's not that the bread physically turns into the body of jesus or the in with well. and under ah thank you can you explain that a little bit more
1: they believe that the physical transfer or uh, transformation does not take place but they do believe that christ's body and blood is in in the bread in the wine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with the wine with the bread and under, I don't know why they use the word under, but that's the way that's the way they believe.
0: Uh, and I love every time you say that to me. I I, I always wanted to have you answer that question for me because uh, I've heard in with and under uh, from people that have been members of the Lutheran Church probably my whole life, mm-hmm. um, and and that was probably the best definition I've heard of that like uh, and and I don't know if they know why they say under I think it's it's a tradition thing like you and I've talked about before uh, now I probably could ask a, a friend of mine that's been a Lutheran minister for 50 years and he probably has a different definition but
1: and they could probably explain it better than I did but
0: I thought it was pretty good mm-hmm. um, out of curiosity did, did you have did you attend church camps growing up?
1: you know I never did but you know I had church All the time. or religion. All through the school year. Yeah. All my life. I couldn't... I didn't know other people didn't have religion in, in school till I was about sixth grade. Oh, you wow. Know? You that's,
0: yeah, I never thought about that. Because going up in a Lutheran school... And I think a lot of people don't realize when you talk about going to a Lutheran school in Chicago, that, that was that's a whole thing. Like, that's that's a whole lifestyle. Like, you, your whole life revolved around that church. One of my favorite stories is the bowling alley that you... Oh, yeah. You, you yeah tell our, me about.
1: our church had a four-lane bowling alley in the basement. <laughs> and, I mean, when you got to set pins, because they were manual machines, you had to set the pins manually. That was a big deal for the boys my age. I mean, when you got... When you're old enough to set pins. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, <laughs> it was that's probably the first job I ever had because we got paid for it.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so, like, your whole... Childhood really kind of revolved around the church. All of your friends were from there, probably some from the neighborhood.
1: Very, most of my friends were were from the church and school, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and we played sports. Our school had sporting activities, softball. Not the kind of softball I play down here, but we had softball. Yeah. And uh, basketball. So, and I was involved in all those things.
0: That's, yeah see I've always found that fascinating when you and I've talked is uh, when we talk about church school they don't they don't understand what it meant for like for you like your whole community was around that um,
1: and it was only a block away from my house
0: right right that's the other part yeah, yeah. that's a whole new concept for yeah. some people yeah uh, so I'm always curious about these things and like I am um, you and I've talked about this off and on over the years but What's your favorite part of worship? Like if we're talking about when you're sitting there in the pew and the moment's happening, what's your favorite part, the parts you look forward to the most during the service?
1: Well, of course, I look forward to communion. Mm -hmm. But I also look forward to your your, uh, sermons, sometimes better than others. You're a human, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. everyone's not gonna make the top ten, mm-hmm. right? Right. But I look forward to those, and there's, and I seem like I always learn something from them. I always can walk away and say. You know, I never thought about it that way, mm-hmm. and that and that's what I look forward to, and I look forward to the just the com- camaraderie of our congregation. Yeah, I really do. I mean. We have such nice people going here. We really I mean, do. It's, I mean, it's really and, cool. And it, and the people who work here, they just amaze me. How much time they put into doing Christ's work? Yeah,
0: they they feel called to it. Yeah, it's, it's a totally different yeah. experience for me. I uh, I'm glad you said it that way because you know um, some people like. Like the hymn singing, some people like the prayers, uh, but I I think that it, for you worship really kind of center around centers around that communion moment, and I think the sermons, as uh, as awesome as you are, I think that that for you is is just bonus. Like that that part you really liked having the conversations. I think you take notes and then bring it to Sunday school. Yeah, but <laughs> what you said was yeah, what you said was, but this isn't what you mean. Josh. Yeah, yeah, I love that point. So. Um, so out of curiosity, cause I ask everyone that I'm doing these interviews with just like, what, do you have a favorite hymn? I do. What What is that?
1: Well, let me tell you a story first.
0: Yeah, I'm, that's what we're doing.
1: When I was in eighth grade, our senior, I mean our eighth grade class, which was a graduating class at that time, were supposed to choose a hymn mm-hmm. that would be our class's graduation hymn. Well, I kind of (laughs) coerced, because it was going to be voted upon, I kind of coerced some of my friends to vote for the one that I wanted. That's awesome. Which was, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. Oh, nice. All other ground is sinking sand. And that was probably my favorite back then, because just a picture of that, you know, is I'm on a rock and the rest of you people are on quicksand. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. So.
0: Yeah, I love I love how you you commented on the words. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of folks um n- n- the interesting conversation I have in in my world is is that hymns and whatever contemporary music we decide that the struggle that people have is is the difference between what the words mean and and the performance. Right, like they put a, a lot of focus in on the style mm-hmm. versus what the words say. And, I, and right. I love how you went straight for the words of that yeah. hymn. It's yeah. awesome, yeah. awesome hymn.
1: Yeah. Now I think probably Amazing Grace is a song that I never heard before I came to Oklahoma. Really? No, it was not sung in our in our church. That's amazing. It? And, uh, But there's one hymn I really enjoy that we don't sing very often, mm-hmm. and that's... Onward Christian Soldiers. Yeah. I really like that. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the marching beat to it or but I I like that song.
0: Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely understand. What's your favorite season of the year at the church?
1: Well, when I was a child it was probably Advent. But as I've grown and seen what was more important in life, it's Lent
0: nice yeah' Is, now so we we do several services during Lent and uh you know I try to I try to mix it up a little bit because not everybody does these anymore but uh, do you like Ash Wednesday Monday Thursday Good Friday or just like them all in general
1: I like Ash Wednesday mm-hmm. and Good Friday and of course Easter Sunday
0: yeah yeah uh since we're talking about that like what is it about Ash Wednesday that means so much to you?
1: I don't know. It, you know, it, it just seems like that's one of the days you need to be in church. Wow. You know, and and just like Good Friday. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you can't be in church on the day that your Lord died. It's hard. And then you—and then— you're sad f- for a while when you think about what he went through, mm-hmm. but then Easter comes, and my gosh, you're so happy that, that right. he, you're so happy that he did. That's I, right. I mean, that's just the way I feel, you know.
0: Well, that's that makes my heart happy. I, I love hearing that. So, uh, you know, we we've talked a lot about how you came into your faith and how it kind of helped, and and then you and I met, and then. Uh, things just have not taken a turn but in in a way that you've joined our church and like what what brought you here
1: to be honest it was your 8:15 service nice and you know it sounded you know I sounded previously on these questions I sounded like I was a good lutheran and I was till I left home uh huh yeah till I got I left chicago came down here for a story that's too long to go into. But once I was on my own away from family and my, my relatives and my church family, I quit going to church.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And I took some paths I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. But I never questioned my faith. I always knew that Jesus was my savior. And I always knew that if, when, and if I would ever ask for forgiveness, I would get it. That all changed when my wife passed away. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was a Baptist. Roger Dunn, may you rest in peace, did her service. And listening to Roger, I knew right then that I had to change my ways. I was, I wasn't, I was a Christian, but I wasn't a good Christian. Hmm. So I, because of the situation I was in with being a single parent now, I had a daughter who was really big in the Calvary Baptist Church here in town which i was tickled to death for she'd go to sunday school church services sundays and wednesdays and any and when they had a revival she'd go every night mm-hmm. you know and and i thought that was cool you know but now that i'm a single parent i had her at home and i had a special needs child she she left to go to Sunday school at 9.30 or they would come by and pick her up because she was special needs but not near as severe as my other son. So I had to be home by 9.30. So I looked in the paper and that one day, you know where they had listed church services?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, there's an eight fifteen 15 service I could go to. And that's how I came to First Christian Church and then there were people here that I knew that I was friends with, you know that yeah, that, and then when I got here, the congregation was very welcoming to me. I mean, they didn't care what I was, they were concerned about me now,,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that's how I came here.
0: that's awesome i uh and, and it's it's a I'm curious because uh, I mean, you know just i'm I'm an inquisitive person, and um, you and I've had lots of conversations about what the things that we do that are similar and the things that are different. Just for the sake of the conversation, what are some of the big differences that you see and feel here versus your childhood church? if there are any?
1: They're all man made. Yeah. They're all doctrines. And I'm not saying the doctrine of the Lutheran Church is a hundred percent correct. Right. I'm not saying this one's a hundred percent correct. Right. But I found that most most of what we worship here and how we worship then are not in conflict. No. They're not in conflict, except for the juice instead of wine and that's not a big deal to me yeah it's still fruit of the vine yeah so really if there would have been a big difference i don't know what i'd have done pastor but Mm -hmm. but i don't find a major conflict that i can't live with between our church and the lutheran church that i grew up in
0: yeah no i think that's i think that's kind of beautiful i mean that's the goal part of the biggest thing that we do as the Christian church is we want people to come and feel safe and and regardless of their faith background like that's a big deal for me so that that makes me feel good a, a big
1: good. Po- a big positive of this of this church that I find as compared to my church we're more community minded than I, than I ever now that I think back our Lutheran church was
0: yeah, that's 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 one of my uh, questions. It's like so, we use the phrase outreach right. a lot. Yeah, what what do you think that means to you?
1: Outreach is just, and we do, and Sarah does an awful good job of outreach with the youth. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we sponsor and the church sponsors a lot of youth activities and and training. But I think it's not only up to her and the youth. I think it's up to all of us. To when you see the opportunity to talk to someone about our church nice and 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 I'm not very good at that a lot of times it's hard I'm not very good at that but uh, if if we have the I have done it and it almost makes me feel uncomfortable at times but I've done it Mm -hmm. but when I've after I've done it I've been I was happy I did it you know so and that we just have as a church, and everybody doesn't have to go out and knock on doors right. to tell everybody how fantastic we are here. But if if you in this your everyday life and you're visiting with people, if you have the chance, talk to them a little bit about what we are, mm-hmm. and and invite them to our church.
0: I love that well we're we're kind of getting to that point where uh we're gonna kind of bring this down a little bit and then uh, close this off i'm I'm I but I don't want to leave this out with ask at asking you the opportunity of saying did you have a favorite scripture that you grew up with or something that you found close
1: to your heart today it's a typical Lutheran scripture oh yeah John three sixteen. Oh. Oh, yeah! Uh, it's, it's, it's John. It's John. Yeah. It's John.
0: You love John, yeah. And I think it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think that's awesome. I I don't know if if it's just a. That was the very first scripture I ever memorized as a kid in the Christian Church, Disciples mm-hmm. of Christ. In well, a,
1: shoot! You just, you should have been a Lutheran. I I, I hear that all the time. <laughs> uh, all
0: my Lutheran minister friends are all like, "So when are you gonna cross over?" And, <laughs> Uh I I just uh I think that's awesome. That's uh John three sixteen is, is is the epitome of who we are.
1: Yeah. Um not only that, it's it's it it says it's simple to be saved. Yeah. It it's does. simple. It's not hard. No nope. it's simple. Yeah.
0: And it God's love is kind of hard to beat.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. It's overwhelming. It is. Really is. I mean, after the things that I've done, and I know, and I to this day I know he still loves me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't beat that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Jim, I, I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. Uh, yeah, yeah, my busy schedule. <laughs> your busy schedule, and uh, and sitting down with me and ask, answering these these weird questions. But I I really appreciate it, and uh, uh, I hope to continue these conversations as as we continue to know each other. And, uh,
1: okay, maybe you won't. Maybe now you quit calling me Martin. i every keep, time I talk in Sunday school.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm probably gonna call you Martin Luther for the rest of your life. I'm okay. just saying it's gonna happen. But I, I, I love, I love, love that. it. I love it. I love that part that yeah. we can have that dialogue in our in our Sunday schools. And, yeah, and, and you recognize that I'm not meaning that in a in derogatory, no, a derogatory no. term. No, I, it's
1: it's just saying there you are going back to your upbringing. That's again. right. That's right. But it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's
0: I. I think people find this fascinating because they they don't understand what that means. Like when I when I talk about how how abnormal it was for people to grow up in a church school, a lot of people in Oklahoma don't have that concept. No, I
1: know, I realize that. And I've yeah. lived
0: all over the world and I've been able to see that, but folks in Oklahoma they they that that's a foreign concept. Catholics do that a lot in Oklahoma but even then that's not necessarily something that we all do well the
1: Catholic Church was only two blocks away right right from us you know and
0: and you guys probably did stuff oh, together all and, the time and
1: you saw and and you know the are you still recording I am I, I was oh not, okay I, I, I was I, gonna I was gonna say we always saw the priest and the nuns because that's back when there was all the teachers in their school were nuns right right were nuns now I guess there's such a shortage of those things.
0: Yeah, there's there's not very many people going into that anymore. In
1: fact, my sister-in-law taught in a Catholic school her whole career. Hmm.
0: That's amazing. Well, again, I want to say thank you for your time, and um, I appreciate it. I hope you all enjoy this conversation.